Hello, and welcome to the Four Color Nerds Broke Gaming Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Ryan, and I'm joined by the other PC gaming nerds, Chris. Hello. Hannah. Hi, hi. And Missy. Hey. Together we take on PC gaming for the cheap and broke. Each week we gather here to find a great game for a great price. Review the prior week's selection and see if it was worth our money and time. Then we pick a new game and do it all over again. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers for the game. This week, our game was Oxen Free. Our companion song is Walking with a Ghost by Tegan and Sarah, because I felt like it was a good, you know, first of all, it's got ghost in the title, which kind of fits in with Oxen Free. And it's kind of a good song about maybe like moving on and memories that you can't quite get rid of, which seems really appropriate for the game. So let's take a listen to it. Oxenfree is developed and published by Night School Studios. It's directed by Adam Hines, produced by Sean Crankle, released in January of 2016, and we purchased it on Steam for $4.99. All right, so Oxenfree is a basically a story game. So you play as Alex and a group of her friends who are going for a senior night getaway on this island, and when you're there, you end up going to this party on the beach a few of your friends show up and you end up going into this cave with your friend who's tripping balls on magic mushrooms magic brownies magic brownies yeah Yeah. they're magic brownies (laughs) you get into this cave all over this island there's these urban legends that you can tune your radio into different frequencies and you'll hear radio stations that don't exist so it's kind of like a weird natural or unnatural phenomenon And you're in this cave, and you start adjusting your radio, and you open up a portal to another dimension or the afterlife, where there are these ghosts who communicate with you through kind of like a combination of things they've heard you say and old broadcasts. And you are on this island trying to figure this out, and there's all kinds of time loops that take place and interpersonal conflict between all of your friends. And possession possession the game was for me a good way to kind of ease into the like halloween spirit i knew it was a ghost themed game but i knew it was perfect for this kind of mood when the for me because you can go kind of in any order you want to explore a lot of the places there's a part where you walk into a room and one of your friends has killed themselves and they're like hanging from the roof and there's all this creepy music. Like, when that happened, I could feel, like, the hair on my arm stand up. I was like, oh, this is disturbing. Yeah, that part made me gasp a little bit. I was like, oh, what? What no. is this? Yeah, yeah. it's, like, everybody's favorite character, too. It's like, no. It's like, that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> For mm-hmm. sure. Well, and then, you know, and then later on you watch him drown. People yeah, throw themselves but... out of windows. yeah. Yeah, they like tormenting your friends. (laughs) Definitely. So I don't want to ruin too much of the mystery because the mystery is kind of a big part of the game. But this island has a long and twisted secret history. And you kind of get to explore all of that that's taking place. And I found the game to be really engaging. Like, the actual gameplay itself is not particularly challenging. But the story is 
really engaging. The characters' interaction with each other feels very authentic. This feels like the way people actually talk to each other. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the relationships. They're very realistic, both in the casual conversations and in the conflicts. Just the dialogue in general in this game was really good. I thought this game had really strong themes of people being in in transition and like these borderland places that people exist in. You've got like first of all the the spirit world or afterlife and the regular world kind of overlaying each other and interacting with each other. And then you have all the characters are at transition points in their life. They're like at the end of high school, new families are forming, all of these changes are happening within the game. Having the afterlife there and then being haunted not only by ghosts but actual memories of things that have happened. The whole thing just I thought tied together very nicely and very creepily. I was thoroughly creeped out and enjoyed it. Yeah, and that's one interesting thing about the mood of this game. It's not like a jump scare, scary kind of game. It's mostly just kind of a little creepy and a little spooky and just has a good atmosphere going on. We're not quite sure what's going to happen next. It reminds me of the way that Alfred Hitchcock movies are scary, in that what you don't see, your mind can fill in the details of much better than any special effect gore jump scare can do. Like, the first Alien movie knew that really well, that not being able to see the creature was scary. And here, you see weird things that happen. You know, lamps will turn on, weird music will play, things like that that are disturbing that freak you out. That they create this sense of, like, unease and dread throughout the island. Yeah, but things don't really, for the most part, like, pop out at you. Like, maybe once or twice there's, like, a loud noise or something that will make you jump. But for the most part, it's more just undertones. This isn't like Five Nights at Freddy's or something like that. No, definitely not. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a lot of game for for $5. You know, it was a good way to spend Mm -hmm. the better part of the day. Like, I had to stop and then come back to it because my week has been really busy. But I was, I kind of enjoyed doing that too because I was thinking about the game throughout the couple of days in between when I played it and that kind of... you know, enhanced the drama and the tension of it a little bit too. It's really beautifully drawn, animated and everything. It looks like a spooky Halloween book. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good description, yeah. Yeah. I had kind of the same experience where I played the game for a few hours and then I had to take a break and then I, I kept coming back to it because I wanted the story to find out what happened. And the game is a good length if you want to actually complete the game. It's not like a 100-hour open-world game that you know you may or may not ever finish. There is a definite story here, and it's, it's certainly possible to play it through in a long weekend or you know a day or two of really intense gaming. Yeah. I think it took me about six hours. That sounds so that's I was going to say, did anybody yeah. finish it? Yes. 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 Did anybody replay it? Not, not. yet, but I kind of want to. When you replay it, you get the option to start fresh or continue the timeline that you're already on. Oh. Oh, really? And when you continue the timeline you're already on, all the time loops start happening, like, immediately. And it's, oh. like, twice as creepy. Ooh, oh. nice. I'm going to start seeing, that. like, flashing pictures of wolves with red eyes and shit like that. It gets twice as creepy if you replay it. Nice. Nice. I like that. I highly recommend. So it's got some replay value, too, for the game, which I thought was nice. Yeah, and there's lots of little, like, if you're a a completionist, like some of the people I know, there's lots of things that you can collect and discover a lot of little details, like letters. I didn't find any letters. I found a couple. I found some radio stations, but I, I think I only found one letter. 
Yeah, the yeah. radio stations are easier to find. I think you don't even get access to the letters until about half or two-thirds of the way through the game. Yeah, I didn't see When you letters. go to the house at the end, I think, yeah. Yeah, or I think just before that. I did like, you know, that you take photos throughout the, the game, and then when you go and look at the photos, you can see all kinds of creepy things that are in the background that you didn't yeah. see yes. from your Weird perspective. Artifacts and spooky red eyes and yes. one of these blurry and ectoplasma yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also kind of change depending on your decisions throughout the game. Because, I mean, most of this game, most of the actual gameplay in this is just dialogue choices, and it really affects your relationships with the different characters. And, like, you can make somebody hate you, you can make somebody like you, and that sort of thing. And it'll, like, the pictures will kind of change and reflect that. Yeah, it, it was nice and creepy. If, if if Halloween is approaching and you want a game that will kind of get you in the mood for, for ghosts and creepy, dark times of the year, this is probably a good choice for it. I think it was a good time yeah. to play this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really like, you know, you have to unlock things, and there's kind of a little bit of a, a puzzle element to that, but not too heavy on it. But you use, you know, instead of finding a key, you have to tune a radio. I thought that was really cool and creative and a really interesting variation on, you know, having having to get into a part of the game, but you have to do to do something in order to do that first. Yeah, I very quickly, whenever something kind of weird would start happening, or would be under a light, I would whip out that radio and start tuning it around to see what was going on. At first, I thought it was kind of a weird device in the game, but as soon as I got used to it, it worked really well. Yeah, and it, it adds a lot of depth because you're picking up all these other signals, you know, snatches of really old songs and um, more Looney Tunes spells. cartoons. Yeah, old yeah. cartoons, number stations, which are is is a really really something that genuinely freaks me out. This is a real concept where it's an espionage thing where people will plant transmitters that will transmit a a code in a sequence, and um, basically if it gets interrupted or changes, it's a signal to an embedded spy or operations cell or something like that and um, there's still number stations around the world today so it just it was really creepy to just kind of randomly stumble upon them just like turn on the Lima Igloo Golf Hotel Tango for the ships coming home just repeated over and over and over chills just it just freaked me out just about every time I found one of those number stations are accidentally tuned into a signal like that throughout the game. So Yeah, and you can get a little bit of extra backstory from those. Like I think a couple of them start talking to your character directly. I mean you can't respond, but they're telling you like there's no hope or something like that. Like it's inevitable sort of thing. Just, you know, make it a little bit extra creepy. Yeah, definitely full of lots of creepy little corners to to explore. I ended up giving this four ghostly soccer matches. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna give it three and a half radio stations out of five. And I will give it uh, four old-timey tape recorders out of five. Those reel-to-reel ones? Those are cool. Yeah, the old reel-to-reel ones. (laughs) I'll give it four sibling relationships out of five. (laughs) That's definitely a consistent theme throughout the game. It's pretty impressive. Impactful if I don't know. There's a couple parts. I cried. 
I was disturbed. I felt really sad when I learned all the story that was going on and why people are not the nicest people in the world and that their loss has definitely impacted them and their relationships. Yeah, like I I think I sabotaged one of my relationships with the characters early on because your first interaction with them, they're mean to you and or they're kind of being mean in general. And I didn't know that there was a history there, so I just thought that, like, they were the resident mean girl. Like, she was going to make fun of me for saying fetch or something. (laughs) So I was mean to her back, and then she just hated me for the rest of the game. That's one thing that I kind of liked, though, in a way, is that the characters start off in very broad strokes. Kind of a lot like uh, The Breakfast Club, right? They all fit in these neat little boxes you've got like a stoner like a like a burnout you've got the mean girl and then as you learn their stories they become much more complex you know fully realized people i thought that was nice oh yeah so we have to pick our next game you know the law eight games enter one game leaves each week we have a budget of five dollars to spend on a game if we spend less than that we roll the spare change in the next week each week we each bring two games to consider we each vote for a game and we cannot vote for our own game Each week, the game with the most votes is the next game we play and review. And this week, because we have spent less than $5 in previous weeks, we have $6.78 to spend. Okay, I'll go first. My first game is Sunless Sea. It's available for uh, $6.39 on GOG.com. It's It's also a Steam sale uh, right now for the same price, too. Oh, it is good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a survival slash exploration role-playing game. And it's another one of those where you have to kind of manage the uh, emotional experience of the world around you. And some of the consequences for screwing up is that you get lost and everybody goes crazy. And you take on the role of an Untersee steamship captain. (laughs) which sounds really fun and the sample pictures of it the animation is really um i don't know it's kind of twee i'd say it reminds me a lot if you've ever played sid Meier's pirates it looks like that a lot yeah it looks like that a lot and it was uh kickstarted it was a a crowdfunded project so that's kind of cool and it got 81 on metacritic that's cool how much is it it is $6.39. All right. Numero dos. <laughs> and then my second one is Saints Row 4, which is three seventy four on Steam right now. And it's an open-world action-adventure game. If you've seen Grand Theft Auto being played, it's kind of like that, except I'd say it's a little bit more violent, a little bit more blood. At least that's kind of the impression that I got. It is Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. It's, it's you know, a little... Let's <laughs> get gory. You know, a shoot 'em up type of game, you know. And that, that got an 86 on Metacritic. Okay. How much is that one? It is $3.74. And you're too, Missy. So my first one's called Dweller. A team of archaeologists exploring an ancient underground city. Unfortunately for them, they've awoken a monster. You get to play as that monster. It's your goal to get rid of all those pesky intruders invading your ruins that you call home. So it's a little point-and-click puzzle game, and you get to play as a monster, but you can only... You have certain paths that you have to follow in order to attack these little archaeologists that are invading your space. And that was 349 on Indie Gala. 
And then the second one, which really got my interest, actually, was called Richard and Alice. It's a mystery about family desperation and the weather. Richard and Alice are prisoners. Both of their cells have a leather sofa and a state-of-the-art computer, but only Richard's has a TV. Outside, the snow falls. It has done for some time. Elsewhere, they say parts of the world have been rendered an inhospitable desert. The earth parched and cracked. People live in the zones now, the lucky ones anyway. And it's a point-and-click, another point-and-click RPG adventure game. It is on Indie Gala and it is part of a bundle for a dollar. Richard and Alice has a 70 and Dweller... Alright, my first game is uh, Rogue Legacy. It is $3.42 on G2A.com and it is a roguelike game which means that it you die and every time you die the game resets but changes a little bit. The castle that you are trying to get through is procedurally generated so each time you die the castle like resets and it's completely different. Whenever you die you are succeeded by your child and each (laughs) child is unique so you get a new set of traits and abilities every time. So one time you might be colorblind and the colors will be weird and the next time you might be giant so you're twice as big. It looks pretty interesting. I think it is supposed to be a little bit more difficult but oh and it's a platformer. Sounds interesting. And it has an 85 on Metacritic. How much was that one? $3.42. Okay. On uh, G2A.com. And my second game is Brutal Legend, which is uh, $2.24 on Steam right now. It is a third-person action-adventure game. I think it's got a little bit of a... Sh- a little bit of a strategy part to it as well, which is a a bit (laughs) odd, but it uh, features Jack Black as the voice of the main character, and it has an 80 on Metacritic, and it is a very heavy metal themed, and looks pretty cool. Yeah, if you like School of Rock, or the old maybe heavy metal magazine, or you know, looking at like Judas Priest album covers, that kind of thing, like you will like Mm -hmm. this. It's, It's cool, I've played it before, it's nice. My two games, my first game is Hitman Absolution, which is $4.79. So this is another in the Hitman series of games. If you've played the Hitman series, you know you are an assassin. There are all these levels where you have to sneak around and kill people without being caught. The way that you can accomplish that is really up to you, whether you want to just you know go in guns blazing, if you want to poison people, if you want to you know cause a crane to fall on them. There, there's all different ways that you can kill people uh, throughout this. And there's also a, a storyline that goes on through it. I haven't played Hitman Absolution. I've played some of the other ones, so I kind of want to check this one out. This got a 79 on Metacritic, and it's, like I said, it is 472 on G2A.com. The second game, and I've mentioned this one before, but I, I really want to play it, is The Banner Saga, which is $2.49 on G2A.com. It's a Viking Lord of the Rings role-playing game with a really beautiful-looking art style. It's supposed to be very dark. It's supposed to be like a party-based role-playing game. I really want to play it. (laughs) So those are my two. Now it's time to vote. I'm going to go for Banner Saga. I think I'm going to vote for Dweller. I like anything where I can play as the monster. I will vote for... What was the platformer you had where it changes every time, Chris? Uh, Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy. Uh Uh-huh. And I I, I basically get to pick. You do. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got, what, a Viking role-playing game, game where you're the monster, and then Mm -hmm. a platformer that changes every time. Oh, man. I want to do the Rogue Legacy. I want to do that one. All right. 
All right. Haha, <laughs> that means I win. <laughs> winner, winner. So that extra money from that will roll into our next week total. So it'll go up even higher and give us more options for what we can do. So that I'm looking forward to that. Agreed, because a little more money just slim tickets. <laughs> yeah, there aren't a whole lot of sales going on right now. So. Not right now, no. The humble bundle right now for Company of Heroes. I know none of us picked it again a second time, but it, it's really worth picking up. Spend a buck, get it. You won't be sorry, in my opinion, anyway. So that was the game we played this week. You can find all kinds of nerd shenanigans, including the other Four Color Nerds podcasts of the week's comic books at fourcolornerds.com or our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. On Stitcher. On SoundCloud. And on Podcast Addict. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep gaming, nerds.